regions do not exist, countries exist. And so whenever you go to some region, you really go to some country. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Sergey, thank you so much for being here and the world. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. You're very welcome. You are the founder and the chairman at Acronis, a global leader in the field of cyber protection. And today we're going to talk about your latest fundraising round and also about your future plans. But before we do so, I would like to talk about your personal background first. You studied physics, electrical engineering, and also computer science at the Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology. I just wonder, what did young Sergey want to do with his life? Well, that's a long question. First, first of all, I, I want to correct you. I'm a CEO, not a chairman. Uh, the different gentleman is a chairman. Uh, our chairman is uh, Rene Bonvenu. He is uh, from Palo Alto Networks. Second of all, uh, I um, was born in Soviet Union. Soviet Union was a very different uh, part of the world. Mm -hmm. It was a very large uh, imperial country, uh, which was not doing super well. And in Soviet Union, there was a limited way for uh, young people to express themselves. And one of the ways was going to science. I always wanted to study um, what is called today neuroscience, how human brain works. But uh, my parents are physicists. They convinced me to be a physicist because they convinced me, and rightly so, that physics is underlying science, which if you understand physics, you can understand a lot of things much better. Mm -hmm. And so when I started studying, I wanted to be a scientist. Uh, while I was studying, Soviet Union collapsed and um, all the systems were malfunctioning. And I started my first business while I was still um, uh, in a graduate school. Uh, and that business brought me to Singapore. And then I started my second business out of Singapore and then software business in Singapore. And then ended up studying Parallels, which ended up spinning off Acrony. So that's very short version of what happened. Uh, but basically, uh, what I wanted to do was sort of in a different world. Mm -hmm. And where does that entrepreneurial drive from? Was it born out of necessity or where did that spark to get an, to become an entrepreneur in the end come from? That's a great question. I think uh, uh, that's one of the things we are trying to answer in my future venture, uh, Schaffhausen Institute of Technology, because e even today we are confronted with the fact that we do not understand human brain. We do not understand mm -hmm. human motivation. We do not understand neuroscience. And the question about entrepreneurship comes from how does human brain works? And I think partially it comes out of necessity, partially it comes out of uh, the information which I consume as a kid, uh, partially it comes out of the opportunity. Uh, so partially it comes out of the capability. It's hard to say what was the most important motivator. Yeah, fair point. You already mentioned your numerous venture before you got involved uh, with Acronis. You built successful companies. You have a very impressive entrepreneurial background. In 2003, you actually co-founded Acronis, and I would like to go back to these early days. Why and like, why was and still is cyber protection important these days? What was the you know the initial idea that you had? Why was so, this the right time? It is more complicated. Back in 2000, I've. Uh, uh, founded a company called Parallels. And mm -hmm. what we wanted to build is a new generation infrastructure for basically what we call today cloud computing, cloud applications. Uh, but it was a very, very big task. And so at some point, we spin off the division, um, uh, which was focused on storage, which was Acronis. And from 2003 to 2013, I wasn't so much involved. Mm -hmm. 
from 2003 to 2013, Acronis was um, one of the leading providers of backup and disaster recovery solutions. It was doing quite well, but um, eventually it was not enough. And in 2013, when I joined, that's when we decided to do cyber protection. That uh, is when we decided to do it, we decided to do it. Um, any, anytime you decide to do something, it comes out of the opportunity mm-hmm. and it comes out of your capabilities. And we had the capability to build um, uh, protected infrastructure, uh, which is our experience with Parallels. We had a capability to build a platform. Again, from my previous experiences, we had a capability to combine data protection and security. And we mm-hmm. believe that um, the best way to go about information technology and enabling it to be adding value to businesses and consumers is to provide a complete protection through service providers. That's how we started. But that's basically um, not coming back to 2003. That's in 2013. Right, exactly. And what actually, you know, made you join uh, Acronis back in 2013? And, you know, you you co-founded the company in 2003. So in 2013, the company wasn't doing so well. And I came to to rebuild it. And But very quickly when I came, after about less than 12 months, I realized that there is a huge opportunity we are surrounded by um, um, uh, growth of digital technologies, of growth of uh, IT growth, of what Acronis call workloads. Mm-hmm. Workloads is applications, data, or systems. All of us are uh, um, seeing multiplications of systems. Uh, for example, you use three systems or four systems just to talk to me right now. Right. And then um, we are surrounded by applications. There's many applications which you would use to actually process this interview. Mm-hmm. And and all of this interview is actually data. It's a video data on this wonderful camera, and it's an audio data, which is all in digital format. And so there is very rapid growth. So there is a lot of complexity, and yet uh, and the infrastructure is very very um, uh, very very vulnerable. <clears throat> there is a lot of um, uh, problems uh, with. Uh, uh, protecting this infrastructure, it's becoming very expensive to protect it because you have so many devices and it's so complex. And so it made sense to uh, to leverage the trend of outsourcing IT infrastructure management of service providers and provide the platform infrastructure and software for service providers, which is what we decided to do. If I'm not mistaken, you focus on three different customer segments, the service providers you just mentioned, but also B2B and B2C customers. Yeah, main focus is service providers. B2B and B2C customers is something which is uh, we have to serve because they come to us, but we believe that uh, going forward, uh, the main way to serve them, the best way to serve them is together with service providers. Service providers, they take our um, infrastructure, take our platform and take our um, uh, applications, uh, infrastructure, software applications, Mm-hmm. And they add a human component on top, which manage uh, the uh, workloads for customers using uh, the infrastructure platform and applications we provide. And, and that's what creates an overall uh, good experience for customers. Customers today should look for a service providers, just like when you get sick, you don't necessarily do it yourself. You don't necessarily ask your friends and uh, family, but you go to a doctor. And, you know, in developed countries like Switzerland, um, it's more than common with any disease to ask a doctor and to get the doctor a recommendation on how to cure it. 
right? And talking about Tutson, I know that this was before your time you joined the CEO, but in 2008, you moved your corporate headquarters to Switzerland. Why was that the right move for the company? I was always a large shareholder, so I right. always participated in strategic decisions. We were founded in Singapore. Singapore is a very wealthy, very politically stable, very independent, very confident uh, with its uh, significant uh, army and uh, defense system, mm-hmm. and yet very friendly. It doesn't attack anybody. However, only 23% of our business is in Asia. About 40% of our business is in Europe, and about 35-37% is in Americas. And so it's far from the center of operations. It made sense to have a headquarter somewhere else. And uh, uh, Switzerland is the uh, only other country we know, which is equally wealthy equally politically stable in a very different way, equally um, um, e- equally confident and mm. yet equally friendly. And so we chose Switzerland for our main headquarter and Singapore became a second headquarter. So now we have dual headquarter. Makes this sense. was back in 2006 when we made the decision. I think we opened a corporation here in 2008 and opened an office in 2010. Perfect. And from your perspective, I mean, now you operate more than 10 years already out of Switzerland. Is there anything that the Swiss ecosystem can improve or where you see shortcomings in that regard? I think both countries, uh, well, first of all, there is nothing perfect in the world, but uh, both countries, Singapore and Switzerland, uh, are um, well managed in a very different way and they are improving their ecosystems. Uh, I think one thing which I'm, um, you know, missing a little bit in in Switzerland is ability to hire foreign uh, talent. It's more difficult to hire foreign talent in Switzerland than than about any other place in Europe. And with um, us trying to be, or rather being a global leader, um, it is difficult to rely uh, only on the talent we can find locally. And it is difficult for us to be selective because when we find the right person, the person could be uh, Indian, could be Chinese, could be Swiss could be German, could be Bulgarian, could be Serbian, could be African. It doesn't matter. We have to be able to hire that person. And ideally, we want to hire him to our headquarter. And it's not always easy. But otherwise, it's a good system and it's improving. Makes sense. And you also see very rapid international growth. And I also wonder, you know, we we often talk to startups that also try to go international. You basically walk to talk. Do you have any recommendations to other companies out there that, you know, own the local markets and now want to go international? Uh, You know, businesses are all very different. And so it all depends on what the business does. And startups uh, is something which is uh, a new word, but it really just means a new company which can grow rapidly. And uh, for us, it is different. We, We differentiate through deep technology. And so it's relatively easy for us to enter other markets because our technology is unique. And at the end of the day, if you want to enter other markets, uh, you need to always think of three things. First, you need to study the market. And you need to remember that international markets do not exist by regions. Regions are invest in, 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 invented by politicians. Asia, Europe, Americas, Africa, there is no such places. Um, uh, regions um, do not exist. Countries exist. And so whenever you go to some region, you really go to some country and then another country and then another country. And the first thing you need to do is you need to do a market research and understand the country really well. Uh, there is never enough um, uh, research which you can do. And um, the words and the concepts, especially when it comes to high technology, are very different between different uh, countries. Then, of course, you need to hire people. So at the end of the day, uh, expanding in every geography is all about 
uh, hiring a person who will be in charge of that country, of that region at the end. And uh, then it's about partners. So partners, people, and research. And if you do partners, people, and research, and you have differentiated product, then you can go to any market. What kind of partners are you looking for in that regard? Partners to sell your product or, or also in other areas? We have um, always relied on partners. My um, uh, role model in, in technology business is a company called Intel. And Intel uh, enables a very large ecosystem. Part of this ecosystem is overall software. Part of this ecosystem is overall hardware, which we use. And uh, we enable ecosystem as well. So our main partners is uh, service providers. Mm -hmm. Managed service providers, security service providers, telco service providers, hosting service providers, cloud service providers. These are companies which provide IT services in one form or another to small and medium businesses. But also technology vendors, including large technology vendors um, and um, distributors and other partners. Before we continue with the show, we would like to introduce you to our new partner, Nuco. Nuco helps founders navigate the paperwork that starting a company involves. From the first consultation all the way to the commercial register, Nuco has helped more than 900 entrepreneurs start their company, and they do so at highly competitive prices. To find out more, visit nuco.ch slash Swisspreneur. Again, that's nuco.ch slash Swisspreneur. And now, on with the show. And along the way, you also acquired multiple companies. I think according to Crunchbase, more than eight acquisitions, probably even more uh, in the making, I could imagine. What has been the rationale between your or behind your company uh, acquisitions? Uh, from the moment when I uh, came up with a, what is vision of Acronis today, which is uh, protect all data applications and systems, uh, we just want to accomplish our vision. And so every time we do acquisitions is about protecting more data, more applications and more systems either because we protect them deeper. So with some more advanced technology or better protection, or we protect them broader. So we protect them in a different geography or in a different um, type of um, application or data or system. Yeah. So that's what drives our uh, acquisitions. We always uh, look into acquisitions from the standpoint of being able to transparently integrate it into our only product, CyberProtect, and our only uh, sort of main offering, CyberCloud, Cyber Platform, Cyber Infrastructure, and Cyber Services. Yeah. And today you uh, employ more than 1,600 people uh, across 33 countries. And I wonder, your core focus, is it these days on development or on sales? And has that shifted in any way? compared to the past? Uh, I think uh, we are a technology company. Our main focus is always technology and product. Yeah. And it will stay the same. Out of 1.6 thousand people, 1,000 are technical. Uh, we will probably uh, double the number of people over the next three years. And we will uh, probably double the number of our technical people as well. And so we're constantly looking for engineers or um, of different kind, data center engineers, support engineers, quality assurance engineers, software engineers. Uh, architects, software architects, and, and more in different locations. We're hiring all over the world. We're hiring in Switzerland. We're hiring in Singapore. We're hiring in Israel. We're hiring in Bulgaria, which is our main engineering center in Romania and in the United States. We're also hiring people to work from remote because what we've learned over the past 12 months is that working from remote could be very productive. Absolutely. 
I also wonder what do you spend the most time on you as CEO these days? Not very differently from uh, from always. I spent uh, probably two thirds of my time on product and development, and one third on uh, sales and marketing and other business operations. Nice. And where can you CEO generate the most value for Acrodis these days? Me? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a scientist by uh, training. Mm-hmm. I'm an engineer by experience, and so. I always think that most value I can add by helping the company to build better uh, product strategy and better products. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I built a number of businesses, so I have a relatively good understanding of sales, marketing. And uh, in order to make your uh, products uh, successful, you need to do sales, you need to do marketing, and you need to get the money to fund development. And so I, I add the value across the board, but I, I do believe that my main value is product. Perfect. And in a video, you also mentioned that it's very important to actually make decisions. And you, you mentioned that as a thing of multiple things that are important to, to be a good entrepreneur. And I just wonder, how do you actually make decisions? You know, when you have to face a tough decision to make a tough call, do you use any framework or any thinking process that helps right. you to make I, I decision? I just want to sort of uh, come back to this, why is it important to make decisions? Because yeah. If you look at the technology business, in technology business long term, only um, number one and maybe a couple more companies um, are sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so the only way for you to um, be uh, long term uh, sustainable is to win. And in order to win, um, sometimes you need to take a different decision making strategies. And if you want to just um, uh, sustain the business a little bit longer, and, and you need to make decisions fast, and more often than not, you, you cannot make decisions when you have enough information. You have to make decisions before you have enough information. You cannot contemplate too long. You have to make a decision and move forward. And, and the reason why is because if you don't, then you will lose, and um, that, then it makes no sense. And so you just have to uh, make decisions fast. How do I make decisions? It really depends on the context. There is no specific framework. Of course, you ask people and you use your intuition and you do a lot of uh, analysis and you collect a lot of data and then you look at all of this. And But at some point, you just need to make a decision. Yeah. You have to think about this as sort of a rule of thumb. And rule of thumb is that unless it's coming from physics and electromagnetism is a rule of thumb, but uh, the, the rule of thumb here and, and is that if you have enough information to make a decision, most likely you made the decision too late. So it's almost always you have to be making a decision in an uncomfortable situation where uh, there isn't enough information. In the same video, what really stuck with me is you also said, I first do and then think. Uh, what role does that play in that regard? No, no, it, it's, it really depends. Uh, what I really meant to say is, again, that you have to not think too long when you okay. are in a... Uh, you have to trust your intuition. It's difficult, but um, you have to trust your intuition. It's kind of like a martial arts. Uh, you cannot think through what you're going to do during the fight. Yeah. You have to rely on your instincts because if you start thinking too much, uh, you will lose because you will be too slow. Yeah. You also said uh, never give up. I can imagine you had multiple also difficult and challenging times. What kept you going in these difficult moments? I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, the important thing, what I've learned, is that 
uh, a lot of battles, including business battles, are lost in the last moment. And whoever doesn't give up quite often wins just because he doesn't give up. True. And in that regard, where do you see the biggest challenges ahead of you in the future? I mean, there are so many challenges. I think the biggest challenge which I have is the fact that I'm getting 50 this year and I'm soon going to get older and older and older. And that's a challenge which I'm not sure what I can do about. I'm trying to live a healthier life and uh, improve my capability to operate um, at a longer period, but I don't know. That's a practical challenge. I mean, otherwise, in business, there is always a lot of challenges. There is geopolitical challenges which surround us uh, all over. People are unhappy in the world about a variety of things. Um, and uh, there is, uh, of course, uh, many technological trends which are going to change the world, such as quantum computers, such as uh, machine intelligence. A uh, very different environment for people who know how to use machine intelligence versus people who don't. Right. We also see the machines here. So I, I see you're working out and uh, you keep yourself fit. I'm trying. Let's also talk about your recently announced fundraising round. You raised $250 million from CVC Capital at the $2.5 billion valuation. Congratulations. That's a huge milestone. What will the new funds be used for? So the new funds will be used for uh, uh, basically two things. One thing is we will invest them in making our partners more successful and in recruiting new partners. Uh, that is both uh, training and certification and uh, uh, support and uh, business support and joint marketing and sales programs. Um, and, and then uh, we will also invest the money in product both in terms of making the products deeper with our firm belief that the future of IT is autonomous IT and making as much as possible done by machine intelligence in IT, not by humans. And also uh, in making our products broader, supporting broader set of integrations with the third party vendors and supporting broader set of workloads, different applications, different systems. Today we have over 30, which is uh, one of the uh, most broad supports of uh, different applications and systems in the industry, but uh, we can more than triple it if we make an effort. Great. And in that sense, why did it actually make sense to raise funds? Because you're profitable, you're growing fast. Did even uh, Because at the moment we have the best product and the best technology and the best market position. It makes sense to capitalize on it and to invest more right now yep. in hiring more people and in running more programs. Great. And we want to hire more people. We will hire as soon as, as fast as we can. Uh, main challenge for us today to hire will not be um, financial, but will be ability to find the right people. Yeah. And people also wonder what's next. Do you plan to do an IPO soon? Well, we are funded by uh, two large private equity firms, Goldman Sachs and CVC. Uh, they have minority stake, but nevertheless, we have a responsibility and an obligation to provide liquidity for them, either through M&A or through an IPO. We consider both options. Uh, the markets are now good, but we will see what happens. Makes sense. And what happens for you as a person, Sergey? What do you have planned on a personal level next? Well, uh, I think um, uh, I want to continue to be involved in architecture, technology and product in Acronis, but I'm also starting a new venture, Schaffhausen Institute of Technology, mm -hmm. uh, which um, in some scenarios I will be able to be fully focused um, on in the next 12 months. Uh, but again, at the moment, Acronis is the main focus and occupies a lot of my time. I'm, yeah. And to wrap up this conversation, we have a few rapid fire questions. I give you a choice of two or three options and you have to quickly make the first choice that comes to mind, okay? Mm -hmm. 
Singapore, Switzerland, or the United States? Switzerland. Why? Uh, it's, it's in the middle of what is a modern science and technology world. Perfect. Founder or investor? Founder. Why is that? I, it's, uh, it's a different mentality. Uh, I like to create things and um, making money is a part of it, but it's a, uh, it's a secondary thing. For investor, the most important thing is to make money to create things is secondary. Nice. Football, racing, or chess? Football. Why? Well, I just like it. Perfect. And if you could give one piece of advice to a young founder, what would you say? Never give up. And the last one, Schaffhausen or Zurich? Schaffhausen. That's where your headquarters are. I, I just think that uh, for technology business, it's important to be not far from the airport. Mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, it is important to be cost effective and it to be an optimal place for variety of different, um, uh, um, you know, uh, employees to be part of your team. And Schaffhausen is cost effective. If we can employ people from here, we have some people coming from Germany. Uh, Zurich is great, but it's uh, very expensive. It's more suitable for banking or for legal, uh, but not for technology startup. I like that. Thank you so much for your time today, Sergey, and all the best for the future. Thank you. If you thought this episode was great, why not share it with a friend? Or better yet, share it with your future friends by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. The more our Swisspreneur community grows, the easier your chit-chat will be at our next networking event.